listening to the Living Room North Living Room North Living Room North podcast. Uh, my name is Alex, if you don't know me. Uh, I am a student at UNG, um, like Ryan said, junior in college. Um, but I'm just going to share a little bit of my story tonight. Um, Ryan just asked me to do this yesterday, so uh, bear with me. Um, but I'm going to share a little bit of my story tonight. Uh, but before we jump in, I want to go ahead and pray. So if you all will bow your heads, we're going to pray real quick. Um, God, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Uh, I ask for open hearts, open minds, open ears, Lord. Um, and I just ask that you would speak through me and use me as a vessel, and um, that your name would be glorified, Lord. Uh, we love you, through thank you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. So, um, kind of just going to jump right into it. Um, I grew up just right down the road from here, Forsyth County. Um, grew up in a Christian family. Uh, I have two younger siblings, younger brother, younger sister. Um, so I'm the oldest child, so kind of got to boss around the little siblings. The old, older children, you understand, younger, younger siblings, I'm sorry. Um, but kind of got to, uh, yeah, so um, was the older child, grew up in a Christian family. Uh, I had been taught about Jesus from a very young age, um, was always, uh, I guess, growing up and, and learning about Jesus um, since I was born, really, uh, because of my family. Um, but because of that, I went to this thing called Vacation Bible School, um, three words that probably should never be put in the same sentence together, but they did it anyway. So um, <laughs> I went to this VBS thing, and uh, I was like nine years old, and um, the pastor was on stage, and he was talking about uh, what Jesus did on the cross and um, Jesus' love for us. And in my nine-year-old brain, um, I was understanding it, and I was believing it. And um, so when the pastor was like, hey, if you want to accept Christ into your life, uh, raise your hand. So I was like, I want to. Um, and so he did the altar call, and that was really where um, Jesus kind of met my story, um, and I, I began to follow Jesus uh, at nine years old. Um, and shortly after that, I was baptized by my dad, which was really cool. Um, and if you could see my faith on like a chart, um, it would, like the ups and downs, it would probably look something like this, like after I was... Uh, after I accepted Christ, it was pretty stable. Like it was, it wasn't, there was no dips, there was no ups. It was just kind of like there, it was going. Um, so I was doing all the, all the Christian things. I was, um, I was going to church, reading my Bible, praying, stuff like that. But it was kind of just going through the motions um, as like one would do as a nine-year-old Christian. Um, but everything was great in my life up until one day in seventh grade. Um, and this day in seventh grade, I was headed to P.E., um, the best course in all of middle school, um, in my opinion. Uh, but I was headed to PE and walked in the boys' locker room, and I see all my buddies in the corner, and they're, they're gathered, gathered around this phone. And so me being curious, I was like, oh, hey, what's, what's going on? So I walk over to this phone, and um, on the phone was pornography. And that was the first time that I had gotten exposed to pornography. Um, and something that I thought was so innocent um, and something that I thought was going to be, you know, oh, it's just this one time, it's not going to be that big of a deal, turned into three to four times a week, and then eventually led to being uh, full-fledged addicted. Um, and so that was really the beginning of my um, kind of introduction to this uh, substance called pornography. Um, and I dealt with that for about five to six years uh, after that. Um, and throughout that time, I was just... Uh, living this double life. I was, um, 
I was doing all the things uh, that a Christian would do, but behind closed doors, I was living in this life of sin and shame and guilt. Um, and part of that shame and guilt came from uh, living the double life. I was, I was leading a small group here at this church, and um, behind closed doors, I was, I was preaching these kid, to these kids about um, telling them how to like, follow Christ and everything. But behind closed doors, I wasn't even practicing what I was preaching. I was indulging in this sin and, and this shame and this guilt. Um, and so it, it consumed me for a very long time. Um, and I got to a point um, in that addiction to where uh, I was just so fed up. I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I was like, I don't know what to do, and I don't know where to do, go for help. Um, I felt helpless, and I felt like nothing was ever going to get better, and that I was never going to escape. Um, and so one night, uh, I was at a retreat, and I was leading. Um, it was with my boys, my small group boys I was leading at the time. Um, and my co-leader was sharing his story with our boys, and he was telling them how he had also dealt with uh, an addiction to pornography as well. And um, in that moment, hearing him tell his story and tell these boys how he had been freed, um, Holy Spirit just told me, like, hey, you got to tell him what's going on. And I was like, no, like, <laughs> that's not happening. Um, but I got home from the trip and worked up the courage and texted him, and I said, hey, man, I'm really struggling. I don't know what to do. I don't know where else to turn. I need help. Um, and I'll never forget his response because what I thought was going to be a response of um, condemnation, condemnation and anger and something like, oh, how could you do this? I, I thought you were a Christian. Was actually, I was actually met with this grace and this love and the mercy that I had never experienced it before. And so I was shocked when I got his response because he was basically like, hey, man, it's okay. I love you. It's going to be okay. And help me work through that. Um, but really the, the, the big miracle in my story, um, and I tell people this is a miracle because I don't know how to explain it, um, as soon as I told him and opened up and brought to light um, that I was struggling with this, um, I, the addiction completely went away. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what happened, but it completely went away. Um, and that was the miracle that God did in my, in my story. Um, and so from that point, after bringing that to light to him and, and sharing what was going on, um, I began to kind of dive into church and like actually want to learn about God. Um, and I, I started listening to the lyrics of songs and I started listening to uh, the preachers on stage and like actually listening to what they were saying. Um, and I began to develop like, a, a, I guess, hunger for Jesus. Um, but there was this one pivotal moment in my story that really impacted me. Um, I was at uh, my high school ministry here, Inside Out, and we were singing this song called Wide Open. And um, I don't know if any of you have heard this song. It's by North Point Inside Out Band, but um, there's the, these lyrics in the bridge, and I think they'll throw them up on screen. Um, but the lyrics say, uh, if I make my bed in darkness, if I try my best to hide, uh, you know the farthest ocean, you give the morning its light. I can't run from your presence, there's no place that far. So I'll run to you, my Savior, there's safety in your arms. Um, and when I heard those lyrics for the first time in that worship session, I, I just started crying because I, I realized in that moment, like, God's love was real. And I, I was experiencing God's love um, in that moment. I realized that the entire time that I was going through this addiction, I, I thought God was looking at me like this with his arms crossed and being like, 
I can't believe you're, you're, you're doing this. I thought you were a Christian. I thought you loved me. How could you do this? And I thought he was angry at me for what I was doing. But in reality, what I realized in that moment and what his love showed me was that he was standing there and he was, his arms were wide open and he was saying, like, my child, like, bring me this burden. Bring me your shame. Bring me your guilt. Like, I want to take this from you because that's what my son died so that you didn't have to carry this. Um, and I realized that in that moment and it just, like, broke me. Um, and so from there... Uh, really just like finally realized, okay, this is real. Um, and I kind of just dove all in. I was like, I, I was just really pursuing the Lord at that point. Um, so kind of after that, uh, life was good. Um, I transferred or I, I made the transition to college, um, started out here at uh, university in North Georgia, Dahlonega. That was where I did my first year. And, um, after my first year, after the transition, uh, I did something that no man has ever done before in the history of the world. I followed a girl to college. I know. Um, but <laughs> uh, it's never been done before. Um, but I, I, I went to UGA, and I, UGA has always been my dream school. So it was partially because of dream school, but also partially because of a girl. Anyways, um, I transferred to UGA, and I was like, this is it. I'm finally at my dream school. Let's go. Um, and I got to UGA, and the thing with the girl didn't work out, and then all of my friend group just went away, and I was like, what's happening? Um, and so I was left in that season feeling uh, very alone, and I, I didn't really have anyone to um, lean on except my roommate, who was uh, phenomenal, but um, I felt alone. And so um, in that emptiness and that aloneness, I, uh, I, I began to turn to God, and I began to read um, scripture every morning and just pray to God and just uh, kind of seek him in the mornings uh, because he was really all I had. He was really the only person I could talk to in that season. Um, and I began to realize that my prayers were being answered in my real life. And so one of the prayers I was praying was um, that I was like, God, if, if I'm not meant to be here, like make it clear that I can't be here, like make it so I can't be here. Um, and so I, I began to I tried to apply for jobs. I applied for like seven jobs, I think, and um, uh, got no's from all of those. I tried to join a small group at church, got a no from that. Um, tried to join friend groups, just never clicked. Um, and then also tried to get into a new major, and that was a no. I got denied from that too. And so it was all these no's in real life, but what I realized was that God was working in those no's, and he was, he was basically putting me back on track. Um, and so once I realized that that was not where I was supposed to be, um, I made the switch back here to UNG, um, and I'm back here, uh, and um, it's been phenomenal. Life been, life's been great, um, but I don't want to sit on this stage and, 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 like, make you guys think that I'm, like, perfect because I'm not. Um, I don't have everything figured out. I, I still struggle with temptation today. Like, I'll just be real with you all about that. I, that's something I still struggle with, and I'm not sure if I'll ever not struggle with it. Um, but I want you guys to know that, that, like, it's okay to struggle with these things. And if you are struggling with them, you're not alone in it. Like, you, you're not alone. Um, but kind of to wrap this up, I was reading this morning, um, and for some reason, Holy Spirit just put Psalm 32 in my head. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to look at Psalm 32. Let's see what it says. Um, and this scripture popped up, and I feel like this perfectly sums up my story and, and can really be applicable to y'all. Um, so I think they'll put it up on the screen. But um, yeah, so uh, Psalm 32, 3 through 5, it says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. 
through groaning and through groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Um, and I read that, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, this, this sums up my, perfect, my story so perfectly. Because when I kept silent about the addiction that I was going through, I felt like my bones were wasting away. I felt like I was slowly just decaying and dying and I was just groaning, and it was every day, day and night, and I felt like there was this heavy hand and this heavy burden on me that I couldn't get off. Um, and then the second part of that verse, which I love because it's like the redemption part, it says, then I acknowledge my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. So I acknowledged my sin. I, I brought to light what was what was going on in my life to this adult that I trusted um, and also kind of brought it to light to God at the same time. Um, and I, 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 didn't, I didn't cover up my iniquity, and I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And I confessed to, um, to this trusted adult that I, I knew um, what was going on. Um, and I was met with this forgiveness and love and grace and mercy. Um, and so I kind of want to leave you guys just something to think about um, as you go in a small group uh, or talk about or during the week. Um, but what is something that maybe you need to bring to light that, that you're going through that you haven't told anyone? Maybe you can tell your small group leader. Maybe you can tell your, I don't know, your trusted friend, trusted adult, your parents. I don't know. Um, but what would it look like for you guys to bring to light something you're struggling with? Um, because I guarantee um, you'll be met with that same forgiveness and that same love and that same mercy and that same grace. And you're not going to be met with guilt and condemnation and shame um, because anyone in here is going to meet you with that, that love, grace, and mercy.